Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. I'm Deacon Kathy Scott. And uh, and uh, this is for uh, Sunday, December 2nd. Now, Kathy, this is your your first uh, uh, um, time joining us on the podcast. So mm-hmm. uh, you, you already threw it there in, in your in your intro as to your 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 title, your official title here yeah. at Holy Family uh, in uh, Fishers, Indiana. Uh, but tell us real uh, real quick a little bit about the, the work that you do here. Uh, what, what is the life of a deacon like? Well, the deacon is a non-stipendiary, meaning that the Whoa. church doesn't pay. Oh, oh okay. That's, I was going to say, deacon, fa- so. fancy words for yes. volunteer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a $5 word, but you don't get even the $5. Um, <laughs> So I have a a day job, and working as a deacon is on the evenings, and uh, uh, obviously Sunday and lots of Saturdays, too. So what I do during my day job is work as a clinical social worker, and I'm also an attorney. So I I split my time between doing a variety of uh, jobs. So, so uh, you're you're incredibly smart. Although I'm sure you wouldn't accept uh, that kind of a, nah. that kind of praise. Uh, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna put that to the test uh, because I think I think you're gonna out yourself here as a as a smart person. Yeah, uh, during uh, our conversation. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So um, uh, uh, so that just to give a little, I just wanted to give a little insight of maybe a little bit of your background and where you're coming from as mm-hmm. as far as how because uh, we all uh, kind of internalize these scriptures coming from different points of view uh, and different experiences. So I wanted to kind of color your background a, a, a little bit, uh, uh, before we, before we get going. Uh, and, and, uh, and, and just to, uh, to, to share with the, the audio listener at home, uh, you, you're to prove that you, uh, haven't, uh, you're not reading from prepared remarks. Uh, you've recently lost your phone. Yes. <laughs> so we are. We, it's, we, it's in the car. For sure, this is not scripted. Uh, uh, no, no, not at all. <laughs> so uh, okay. Well, like I said, this is for December second, uh, and uh, so the uh, the readings as we have uh, we're coming into Advent here, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so this is the reading for the first Sunday of Advent, and we start off with Jeremiah thirty three. Uh, And to read that out here real quick, uh, it says, The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called that the Lord is our righteousness. Um, So right off the bat, we, we have a we have a promise that is the promise that he made to Israel and Judah different uh, he because because the scripture does kind of take the the, the added uh, time to to identify them separately uh, is it a, oh, is right, it a, right, is it a different right. promise or is it a uh, is it a similar promise I think or? it's a unifying promise okay. and uh, we read it as Christians as that uh, uh, the the branch the righteous branch that's going to spring up from the house of David as uh, Jesus. Okay. And so, so that's why Jeremiah, who is a wonderful prophet and who always was getting in trouble for running his mouth and um, <laughs> against the political structures at the time, um, that's why he is offering hope. And, and this first Sunday of Advent, the theme is hope. Mm-hmm. So this is what we get in Jeremiah is that hope that... 
line of David is going to continue. Okay, okay. So this is uh, Jeremiah promising that hope. And obviously, I don't think the Jews would see it that, that, that way. They were going into uh, exile with the Babylonians, and so Jeremiah soon will be uh, imprisoned. So it's a very chaotic uh, situation that Jeremiah finds himself. So he is saying, your line will continue. Mm-hmm. The line of David will continue. You know, have hope. Now, did that promise uh, expressly uh, continue uh, the saying, like, uh, your genealogy will continue to the Messiah himself? Or was no, it just simply no. generation just upon generation? Generation upon generation. Okay. This, your line will continue. I gotcha. Okay. So, so, so regardless of what's coming up, what's, what's currently happening, what's about to happen, uh, you know, take heart, your, 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 your sons, your daughters, your, your genealogy will, 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 will live on. It's not, it's not dire straits for the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Right. But it, you know, it certainly felt that way at the time because sure. they were going into exile and, um, again, a very chaotic time, not unlike our own. It, it, not unlike probably choose a period in time, and uh, exactly. uh, it, it kind of seems as though that is a recurring theme throughout humanity. Of uh, you know, the sky is falling, the world is coming to an end. Uh, uh, well, and, and you look at the Holocaust. Sure, it, everything completely is in a state of destruction mm-hmm. uh, for the the Hebrew people. And reading Jeremiah, I said, no. This will, there is hope. Mm-hmm. This line will continue. God will save us. God will bring us through this. Hmm. Interesting. Now, and and what I was thrown a little bit by the way that, that this verse ends, uh, that the scripture reading ends, uh, it says the name, and this is the name by which it will be called, and then in quotes, the Lord, the Lord is, is our righteousness. righteousness. Is is that referring to, is, is there like a Hebrew name that is there, it originally he, inserted here? I, but, I would imagine there would be, okay. and, I, and I don't know that. Okay, yeah. Stuff. But again, as we read it, and as the church puts it in there, it's like, oh, righteousness. Oh, I know what he's referring to, but in essence... It's a little deeper than that, but mm-hmm. we read it as Christians, and we read this as he's talking about Jesus. I got gotcha. you. Interesting. Uh, very, very interesting. So it sounds like Jeremiah is a book that uh, uh, um, um, has a lot more interesting aspects to it than I think the the average uh, Sunday goer uh, may, may get the impression. We don't read from Jeremiah like like it's it's. It would be few great. sermons, yeah. few homilies yeah. are, are done on the book of Jeremiah. You know who will give a homily on the book of Jeremiah because he's a prophet is a deacon, because okay. deacons are called to exercise their prophetic voice. And so when I teach the deacons in our diocese, we spend a lot of time with the prophets. Interesting, because the prophets are kind of our um, go-to guys mm-hmm. uh, as far as you know Micah, Jeremiah, Isaiah who's writes so beautifully um, they are the prophetic voices that speak truth to power Interesting, and that's really the call of the deacon to go yeah this isn't really right here. so let those priests have their gospel homilies well you know the, the call of the prophet and the call of the deacon is the same as to um, 
comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. Mm, okay. And so, so you'll see that in all the prophetic writings, but Jeremiah is just a, a wonderful, wonderful book. It's a very hefty book mm -hmm. in the Old Testament, but it's a wonderful book to um, help you find your own call to uh, that prophetic voice. Interesting. Okay, very good. Um, okay, so then, uh, and, and uh, usually, oftentimes, we give, I give short shrift to the psalm uh, during the Ooh. readings just because we're trying to keep it down. And this week, I don't think it's going to be any different unless you have uh, uh, something. Uh, I'll, I'll refer back to the psalm. Okay. <laughs> How about that? Um, because um, coming from a monastic background where in the daily office you pray three or four psalms a day, mm -hmm. um, the psalm is incredibly important. But given the time frame, I'll refer back to it and, and make a connection. Yeah, it, it, no disrespect to the psalm for everybody out there. Uh, the, the, the psalms are, are very beautifully worded uh, um, um, readings it, it just as far as like being able to delve too much into like a background of of, of uh what was going on at the time well you know we you know, know yeah it, it, it's a lot more difficult to kind mm -hmm. of uh you know get under uh yeah. get it dig in and, and get something uh truly uh um, behind the scenes on those uh but they're they're still incredible readings and i mm -hmm. definitely do still enjoy re uh saying those uh, antiphonally or, or, or collectively. Well, so, so don't think we're hating on the Psalms. It's just <laughs> also the Psalm readings are usually the longer <laughs> readings of some of these, of, of, of yeah. some of these Sundays. And they're, 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 if we got into all of them, it would take a long, long time. The Psalms will, uh, are good if you can't find the words to pray and to express That's how you feel. There are psalms of anger. I mean, there's some pretty violent psalms, too. Mm -hmm. There's psalms of petition and thanksgiving and joy. And so we use the psalms to pray when we can't find the words to pray. I like you know, that. the psalms will be there for us to pray, help us pray through. So for the listeners uh, this week, pray your psalm and see, what it, see, see how that speaks to you. Absolutely. Good. 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 Well, then our second reading is from First uh, Thessalonians, uh -huh. uh, and uh, and so I'll I'll read that one uh, aloud again here. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy that we feel before our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you you face to face and restore whatever is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all, just as we abound in love for you. And may he so strengthen your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Um, so the author here is... Paul. Is Paul. Mm -hmm. And he's writing to just a, like a, a whole region, a whole area, it, a specific it, it church? It was a city. Okay. And um, Th unlike Thessalonica? The, yeah, uh, or Thessalonica, something like that. Okay. The people of Thess <laughs> that are Thessalonians. <laughs> the Thessalonians. Of course. The um, first, not the second, though. That's right. The, the second the Thessalonians. The yeah. Those are different Yeah, people. they're a little <laughs> less. Um, but the background to this, the backstory to this is 
and Paul and uh, Silas, his uh, compatriot in spreading the gospel, were only with these folks for about three weeks. And mm -hmm. that has kind of, Luke kind of documented all of that in Acts. Okay. And stuff. So that we know it, it was around a very short period of time. He went into the synagogue, got all the, the folks in the synagogue to buy into Jesus. Jesus mm -hmm. as the Messiah. Yes, we agree with that. But then um, created all sorts of hoo-ha and was basically railroaded out of town before he was, you know, Paul was always getting himself thrown in prison or getting beat up or whatever. So he had to leave. But what he did was the worry. The bad boy. Of yeah, okay. he was the bad boy. <laughs> but he had to leave those newly converted Christians. And mm -hmm. so he fretted about them. And uh, Paul and Silas sent Timothy back. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have right, um, right. even carrier pigeons. Right, no Pony Express. No Pony Express or anything. So, oh my gosh. Nothing I coming over these, the wire. Yeah, I yeah. love these young Christians. And, it, you know, it's a time of persecution. Mm -hmm. And are they okay? Are they following the faith? And that kind of, So he sends Timothy out there. Timothy reports back that they're doing well. They're mm -hmm. loving each other. And so Paul writes this letter, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful for you as a community that in the face of persecution, you continue to love, you continue to show joy in the Lord, that kind of thing. So this mm -hmm. is a, a letter of gratitude. It's a letter of being thankful. It's a letter filled with joy. Um, and it's a letter saying, continue to love each other, even in the midst of persecution. So mm -hmm. now you see in the theme here, persecution um, of, by the Babylonians mm -hmm. against the, the Hebrews. And, and overcoming that. Yeah, and, yeah. and staying hopeful in that. Then you've got the now another theme of persecution um, in this epistle, of, uh, which means letter, of Paul to the Thessalonians going, stay strong. You know, I know you're being persecuted. I know this is, these are hard times. And yet Timothy reports back that you love each other, mm -hmm. that you are continuing in the faith. You know, and I, I rejoice. I'm thankful mm -hmm. for that. So again, now you're seeing this persecution, which is going to set you up for the gospel. Ah, so, so we are being set up. I you're that. being set up <laughs> in the best possible way. In the best way. possible way. To, to learn something, to, yeah. to, to connect with something. Mm -hmm. So now, so that means um, when this starts off, it's talking, it, it's using words like you. Mm -hmm. There, he's referring to. So when he said, "How do we thank God enough for you, uh, and because of you?" He's referring to them the as royal a, you. the royal you, yeah. the, the group of Thessalonians, the group of Thessalonians. Thessalonians, the new converts, the new Christian converts. Gotcha, gotcha. So would that have been? Would they have read that as uh, um, uh, inclusive or, or exclusive? In that, like, would would they have read that as we as a group of Thessalonians, or right. would they have read that as? We as the group of the young church, uh, the, the you know, or, or maybe a little bit of both. I, I think mean, a little bit of both, and they okay. would have seen themselves as um, sort of huddled together against uh, the persecutors, you know, and so they would see themselves as new Christians, as mm -hmm. um, identified with Christ. Gotcha, as part of the part of the larger picture, and, mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. another reason to take heart that you're not. While you feel like it may feel like an island out there all alone, being persecuted by the Babylonians, you're part of a larger community. Well, yeah, with that, the Jews. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. yeah. 
Okay. Anything else on? No, it, it's um, it's a beautiful reading, and um, mm-hmm. as Paul says, we abound in love for you. Mm-hmm. This this could be a reading for us today, you know, and uh, I can see it used as a blessing for a congregation. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. even even in the midst of craziness in the world, you are holding faith. You you are believers in mm-hmm. in the word of Jesus, and uh, as our presiding bishop talks about the Jesus movement, you know you're followers of Jesus. Right? How wonderful is that, and that you take this on and commit to this, and mm-hmm. so we can read it for ourselves today too. Well, and I think one of the other things that now that you've given a little bit of background on on the reading here, that's jumps out to me and, and I find interesting is, is talking about um, he's praying night and day that we get to see you face to face and while, and while um, you pointed out that's because he was felt like he was his time was cut short and he exactly. had to hit, run back um, I also kind of like it just individually uh, on its own that that kind of the wording of you know uh, not only do we pray for you but we hope we can see you again in person so that we can express this gratitude that it's mm-hmm. not just uh, kind of a nebulous. Uh, uh, oh, I'm praying for you, but you know, hope I hopefully, never, hopefully I don't see you again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, hopefully we beat you know, again. But the, you catch you catch a little bit of Paul's personality too. He is uh, the king of hyperbole. Mm-hmm. I am praying for you day and night, right day and night, night and day. It's Cole Porter. <laughs> it, yeah, I can't tell perhaps, the difference. Per, perhaps <laughs> even praying the psalm uh, that we skipped over. Yeah, <laughs> but I'll come back to it. Um, so. No, I like I, I like that. that. That's very very good information. Um, so then moving on, uh, mm-hmm. we we've, we've been set up as you we've said been set up. Uh, for Luke twenty one, uh, and and uh, that one that one's a little bit longer, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, but I still want to read it sure. so that we have it all uh, uh, covered here. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations, confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the, of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up, rise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable, right in the middle of it. Uh, look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth, Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. So, again, following that that, uh, theme and folding back in that theme of persecution, uh, that uh, that there's a a, a distress among nations and um, there's there's fear and foreboding signs coming coming due. um, But take heart, take hope. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something beyond uh, that, um, but and, and I like the I like the really short little parable. 
they're in the they're in the middle about the uh, I'm not entirely sure why a fig tree was specifically uh, pointed out there, but it well, signs sometimes that sometimes a fig tree is just a fig tree. Sometimes a fig tree is a fig tree, except when it's not. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, but uh, but kind of pointing out so because you can see. That uh, and 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 they use the word it, the, the scripture uses the word summer. I think uh, uh, here in the, in the, in North America, pretty much we we would use uh, actually spring probably in this parable. Mm -hmm. Once you start to see leaves, you know that you know it's it's spring is coming. You, you can know, predict. You can predict what's ha what's uh, what's about to happen. Um, so because of all this turmoil, mm -hmm. we know that the kingdom of God is near. Mm -hmm. Is that well? This is. Uh, what theologians call an apocalyptic reading. Okay. And um, if you look at this uh, similar reading like this in Mark, Mark actually, and Mark wrote his gospel uh, 70 years after the death of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And this is a couple of, uh, this might be 90 years after. Okay. And so Mark was a little more specific. Oh yeah, Jesus is, you know, going to come back and this is going to happen. Luke, you know, hedges his bet a little bit mm -hmm. on that. You know, he's a little more global, and, and all these things are going to happen. Mm -hmm. So that, and he puts those words in into the mouth of Jesus, and uh, it's it's once again um, when you look at the readings of Advent, you think, why do I have an apocalyptic reading <laughs> um, in the beginning of such a happy and joyful season? Sure, but. Because this is that's, Christmas, not Easter. That's so. right. That's right. And you think, well, this doesn't make any sense. But in reality, it does because it's only the commercialism that we get caught up in mm -hmm. during these four weeks prior to actually. I don't know what Christmas you're talking about. Yeah, it's not like Christmas threw up all over everywhere that I go. After Halloween. Uh, yeah, after yeah. Halloween. We didn't even get to Thanksgiving. Yeah. Well, and, and that's the beauty of um, churches that observe advent mm. this is really a time of waiting and this reading is a wake-up call okay okay so this is about anticipation this is or... about oh slap in the face what do you mean you know um I, this is when i put out all my lights and uh, you know put frank sinatra on singing christmas mm -hmm. carols and barbara streisand and who, who can figure that out um <laughs> But I'm more of a Bing Crosby guy. But well, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, same kind of thing. Advent is this time of of waiting and calling forth, and oh, it was a penitential time. In fact, we didn't even have Advent, the, the idea of Advent, until around the sixth century, mm -hmm. and it started with the Lutherans. You know, as far as one of the readings I was doing on it, so it's like. Wow, this is really a time to set back in the midst of turmoil. And you can look around and say whether it's global warming, whether it's um, policies that are in place, mm -hmm. whatever is going on in the world, there you can identify turmoil. Mm -hmm. It might there might be not signs in the sun and the moon and the stars. This is a ancient language that we're looking at sure, now saying sure. the same thing of there's a lot of distress in the world mm -hmm. and in the midst of the distress comes a savior mm -hmm. 
So in the midst of our trials, in the midst of the trials of the Hebrews, the branch of David will continue. In the midst of the persecution of those new Christians, the Thessalonians, keep loving, keep the faith. You know, I'll return to you, as Paul, as Paul writes. We'll see each other again. Um, in the midst of the uh, disaster around you, a Savior is coming. But wait, listen, be quiet. Advent, as I said, was a penitential time until uh, more recently. Mm-hmm. Where there was fasting, there was, it was it looked more a little like Lent in the liturgical church. Well, than, thank goodness we got rid of that. <laughs> you can only take one. Yeah. I can only take one Lent a year. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, and coming from um, my study of Celtic spirituality, a Celtic Advent started the middle of November and will mm. now go through until Christmas Eve. So it really is a time of reflection, a time of looking around at your life and at the lives of people in the nation and how we're going as a people and say, wow, we do really need to write things up a little bit because Jesus came in and turned everything upside down. Yeah. And it's really good to spend some time in Advent really reflecting on is Jesus born in me? Is Jesus being born in my life every day? So it's not just a birthday on December 25th. Woohoo, right. we're celebrating the birth of Jesus. Jesus is alive and present now. And how is he manifest in our lives today? How is he manifest in the United States today? How do you see Jesus in, the, in your world? and in the larger world today. And if you can't find Jesus, if you can't find Christians who are emulating Jesus, what do you need to do? You know, what do I need to do in my life to be more that presence of Christ to other people? Hmm. So Advent is really uh, this time of reflection and a reading like from Luke that's so apocalyptic, that's so, gosh, that's not lambs and stars in right. the sky. We're the shepherds here. Yeah, the... yeah, this is pretty serious stuff, you know, and what concerned, you know, um, folks in, in this gospel time, in, in Luke's time, concerns us, you know, it, it, it's all the same. Uh, there's distress in the world. There's distress among people. There's a um, lack of brotherhood, a lack of uh, trust and, and love between people. And Jesus is saying here, wake up, you know, wake up. There, it doesn't have to be this way. How do you see the kingdom of God coming into your life? You can predict uh, the, the summer because the fig leaves uh, start to bloom on the fig tree. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty obvious. But what do you predict when disaster is all around you? Uh, how do you work with that kind of knowledge? What do you need to do to make Jesus real and present in your life? Hmm. Interesting. 
Great. I so I I have to ask this question mm-hmm. uh, because it stands out to me uh, a little bit uh, with this reading. Uh, the one verse, um, uh, the verse that takes place after, I like. So I'll point out first: mm-hmm. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. So let's remember, mm-hmm. you know, that 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 the this message of hope continues, continues eternally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the verse before it. Uh, and far be it from me to, to point this out about Christ himself. But it says, truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Talking about the kingdom of God. Uh, did 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 that happen? Like the, uh, did, did, did that happen before the generation, that generation uh, passed away? Well, these, Luke has put these words. Mm-hmm. And so... I imagine Luke was doing his own little shake, shaking of the shoulders. Mm, okay, of folks. So this is d- the, this. These lines are are directly pointed towards the people of the, the time, pe- the the listeners of the time, as gotcha. all the gospel writers are really writing to mm-hmm. an audience. You know, they're not writing abstractly; they're writing to folks who are listening to them and going, "Oh, oh." Oh, I'm in this generation. Oh, how right. do how what do I need to do? You know, mm-hmm. how do I need to act? Kind of thing. So Luke doesn't have that time frame, but he's still gonna shake some shoulders. Gotcha. You know. This this is the this is to point out to the listeners at the time, look, mm-hmm. I am talking to you. Right. <laughs> this does not pass you, you know right. this does not pass on to Oh, generations later on, we'll have to, you know, well, the, the, listen this, up. Yeah, this is for you, and you, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 uh, I suppose as 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 after I asked that question, uh, that the uh, something dawned on me, I guess, a little bit is for uh, generations past, mm-hmm. which which uh, obviously that generation has passed away, mm-hmm. and for the generation of the future, which we are in now, uh, to read these words, uh, you can kind of interpret them. Uh, um, in a, in in your own uh, way to to still potentially be correct that the kingdom of God uh, did is here on earth and and continues to reside and that this call still has meaning uh, for this generation because uh, the, we're working towards God's kingdom here on earth not uh, not necessarily uh, something that that comes and and strictly ends and. Well, absolutely. The, the scriptures are organic. They're alive today. And so when we read this today, it's for us. Mm-hmm. We're not reading an old document. Oh, that's what was said then. And this is how they responded then. Mm-hmm. No, this document should be shaking our shoulders. It should, yeah, it is. We are the generation now. And, mm-hmm. and Luke is writing saying, wake up. Sure. No. Um, our experiences don't be and complacent. Our, our experiences and our backgrounds may be different, mm-hmm. and our situation may be different, but that doesn't mean that this does not hold a, a message still for us. It holds an incredible message for us that you know the kingdom of God is is to come, but the kingdom of God is here also. And so, how do you live if you are a a, a resident of the kingdom of God? How do you handle the, you know, and maybe we're not necessarily persecuted as, as the, the Jews were persecuted 
as the Thessalonians were persecuted. You know, we we um, in some ways suffer more deeply be from our complacency. Oh, everything is just fine. I've got a good job. I've got a good life. I go to church on Sunday. I've got a wonderful family. La la la. Let's not rock the boat. Mm -hmm. And what can happen that then then we suffer from complacency, not necessarily persecution. We suffer from being possessed by our possessions. Mm. And so our our trials, our struggles are different, mm -hmm. from, but they're the same mm -hmm. because we, re, we need Jesus just like the Thessalonians needed Jesus, just like the Hebrews needed Yahweh mm -hmm. to see them through their persecutions. We need Jesus to see through, help us see through the stuff we accumulate. The goals that we go after that maybe are not the holiest of goals, <laughs> uh, so to speak. All my goals are holy. Well, of course. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> but we, we have our own struggles as 21st century residents of this United States. And... Um, we need that shaking of our shoulders too. Mm. And so Advent in its, oh gosh, Christmas cookies and all the wonderful things that happen and the joy of children's faces and Santa. And then you get these apocalyptic readings that are like, wake up, wake up. Do you know what it means for the Son of God to become incarnate and walk this earth as a man? Mm. What does that mean for you as a person? And, and those are, Probably the more contemplative type of questions that we can and should ask ourselves. What does it mean this Advent time? Um, a challenge in Advent that I am considering and don't know if I have the courage to do it is to shut off social media for those four weeks and really spend time with God instead of spending time with my cell phone. Well, if you can't find your cell phone, the well, decision will be made for you. <laughs> You're right on that one. <laughs> well, what more can be said? Uh, I guess the answer is uh, join us on December 2nd, and you'll find out uh, for, for, for our service. But uh, uh, in the meantime, I want to thank Deacon Kathy for uh, joining you. us uh, and, uh, and, and sharing some of her insight and her wisdom. And uh, despite our best efforts, we still did not get under 30 minutes. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, don't I be sorry at all. On. Don't be sorry at all. Uh, uh, so thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this Again, this was Shortcut to Sunday, and I was Ben. And I'm Deacon Kathy. And we'll catch you next time. Bye.